Hey, hey, this is Gene. I told you I'd be back. So uh, we've got a lot of news, and I guarantee you it's not going to be all about Soleimani. So let's talk about it. We're going to talk a little bit about the Soleimani killing uh, because the <laughs> controversy continues on, as usual. Uh, but now we got other news that we need to talk about. Trump banned certain forms of vape products. This happened last week. This was supposed to be an issue last week. I never talked about it. Uh, let's talk about this. The Democratic presidential field is shrinking. And we can see by the release of the fourth quarter uh, fundraising earnings where they're actually going. So let's take a look about look at that. Let's see how that affects the presidency in 2020, November of 2020, I don't think it does. I don't think you can make any designation on it. Democrats are trying to spin it, though. It looks like Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Now, I have been avoiding talking about Jeffrey Epstein because I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I never believed Jeffrey Epstein killed himself, but now I'm seeing pictures that you're not going to see here. I can't show you pictures here because they are vile and I want to keep this kid friendly. Uh, but go to Dumbasses Talking Politics. You'll see them all. And finally, uh, Ricky Gervais might have saved the Golden Globes. And I don't think they exactly appreciate it yet. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, I know the last podcast we had a lot to talk about Soleimani and Iran. Uh, today, we still have a lot to talk about, but we're not going to talk about it all today. Uh, we're going to we're going to get to other news because there's some news that's actually really worth covering. But first, we do have to talk about the implications of Iran and the United States and that entire mess in the Middle East, which honestly really isn't that much of a mess, but we, we're going to talk about it anyway. So Trump and Iran have decided to go back and forth. They're yelling at each other and whatnot on Twitter, which is weird. I used to remember when these guys had to actually like make phone calls to each other or they would go on state TV or the media in the United States, because we have a free media in the United States during the Cold War. And we they used to actually yell at each other via news reports. Now they tweet each other. And Donald Trump decided to do it again. So in this three-part tweet, quote, Iran is talking very boldly about targeting certain USA assets as revenge for our ridding for our ridding the world of their terrorist leader who had just killed an American and badly, badly wounded many others, not to mention all the people he killed over his lifetime, including recently. And now we got to go to a next tweet because at 240, is 240 characters? Yeah, 100, uh, 240 characters. You can't say much. So here's the num tweet number two. Hundreds of Iranian protesters. He was already attacking our embassy and preparing for additional hits in other locations. Iran has had nothing but problems for many years. Let this serve as a warning, all caps, that's important, it's all caps, that if Iran strikes any Americans or American asset, a assets, we have, okay, there goes the 
280 thing. When is Twitter just going to raise this to three something or whatever? Targeted 52 Iranian sites tar representing the 52 American hostages taken by Iran many years ago. Some at the very high, some at a very high level and important to Iran and Iranian culture. And those targets and Iran itself, here come the, here, exclamation, or caps, that's important here, will be hit very fast and very hard. The USA wants no more threats. Now, what I think is interesting here is the simplicity of Donald Trump. Here's a story with Iran. Seriously, and this is what the left doesn't understand here. Iran, don't screw with us, we don't screw with you. In all the time, in, in, in the three years that Trump's been in office, Iran has done nothing but cause problems. Basically, all, all he's saying is, don't mess with us. We won't mess with you. I'll give you a step further. I think Iran is the kind of country, again, I said this over and over, and I believe it. Iran is the kind of country that if they sat back and said, you know something, we're going to communicate, we're going to cooperate with the world community. We want the world community to co uh, cooperate with us and they will be embraced. They'll be accepted much like Saudi Arabia or, or even Iraq to a point. Or Turkey. They don't even have to give up their power. The mullahs don't even have to give up their power. All they have to do is just stop fighting and cooperate. <coughs> the president of Iran, Hassan Rouhani, decided to respond. Yes, I know. Iran does have Twitter. And Hassan Rouhani actually responded on Twitter. I'm sure he responded through a proxy because I doubt he speaks... English this well. Quote, those who refer to the number 52 should also remember the number 290, pound IR-655. Never threaten the Iranian nation. Okay, uh, for those who don't know, uh, basically in the 1980s, the United States accidentally shot down an Iranian jetliner. 290 people were killed. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I don't think his threat is exactly as heavy as the Americans' threat because here's the thing. We can hit 52 sites, no problem. Um, I'm not exactly sure where, what 290 sites Iran is going to hit. But again, it's the war of the words. It is the saber-rattling, and this is what's going to happen. Um, do you remember... I, I, there have already been some attacks that have happened. Uh, apparently, there has been a missile attack or a, a RPG attack uh, to the U.S. Embassy in Iraq. And there's been another missile attack on um, the Baghdad airport. Nothing really happened on that. It wasn't really reported. And I'm talking it wasn't reported. It was mentioned on some of the conservative news sites. It wasn't mentioned at all in the liberal mainstream mainstream liberal media, nothing came of it. Um, there wasn't any proof that Iran actually made those attacks, though I, it's unlikely that Iran didn't. In, I believe it was Nigeria or Yemen, I can't be sure, an American base was attacked. Uh, I believe it was either missiles, RPGs, or mortars. Again, very limited news. I mean, literally a splurge someplace. 
and then everyone made it disappear. Here's the thing. Uh, it, this one did kill an American. It did kill, I think, two Americans. And it did injure a couple of others. Again, Yemen and Nigeria are Iranian strongholds. They do have influence on those areas. Did this mean anything? A lot of news agencies that are read in the first place, and I can't even quote them because I can't find them anymore, do not really say much about it. So maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but we really don't know. Uh, According to one of the articles I did read, which I should have copied and pasted on my show notes and didn't, uh, they say that, you know, this happens all the time, so they didn't think much of it. Here's the thing with the news media. This has reprogressions with both the left and the right. So the right is going to say some things and they're going to hide things. The left is going to say some things and they're going to hide things. The kicker with the news is I'm watching it all the time now. And I think one of the things I'm going to do is start keeping track of this stuff because it's going way too fast. And I'm not sure if people are hiding some of this news because it doesn't look good for that side's narrative. Yes, the right has a narrative. Okay, so does the left. But you gotta you gotta really pay attention to the news cycle if you're interested. So Iran may be doing some things, they may not be. I have a tendency to believe they probably were, but they weren't significant enough to to for Trump to hit one of his fifty two sites. Um, of course, uh To continue on, the pro-Iranian Iraqi parliament voted to remove or expel the 5,000 U.S. troops in a non-binding article. That article is being sent to the, it actually has, it's being sent to the next uh, portion of parliament. So it it has three or four steps. It's also non-binding. It's kind of like when Ilhan Omar or Nancy Pelosi throw out a thing that says, well, we don't hate Jews, blah, blah, blah. It, it doesn't mean anything. It has to be approved. Uh, the Iraqi government is a mess right now. Um, even if it goes through those three steps and ends up on the prime minister's desk, the prime minister has already resigned. He's only the acting prime minister. They have to go through the entire par- parliamentary process to elect another prime minister. That could be a year. So it's a non-binding. It's crap. The U.S. news media is taking it and embracing it on the left. The right-wing media is saying, no, no, no. It's the same garbage that you have with the Israeli parliament. This is not something that means much. But Nancy Pelosi has decided that she's going to cause problems. I I, I do want to say, I, I do want to say, that I find it amazing that the left actually is more concerned with a terrorist who was killed. They hate Trump more than they hate a terrorist who's killed thousands. Okay, I, I'm, I'm really confused. So Nancy Pelosi is trying to limit Trump's power in this whole Iranian um this whole Iranian conflict. And we'll say it's a conflict. It's not really a conflict. It's just kind of like, you know, people are shooting spitballs at each other. It's the way, and people die with these spitballs. When a president does it, a spitball is a bomb. 
when um, I do it, it's actually a spitball through a straw. Uh, unfortunately, they ban straws in California, so I can't actually do that anymore. But she's decided to put in a um, she's decided to put in a bill that would limit Trump's authority in Iran. Again, anything that she passes through is going to be a non-binding article. It's, yes, you can say that. It's not going to get through the Senate. Anything, even if it gets through the Senate, which it won't, it's going to be vetoed with the president's desk. She really has no right to limit what the president does. And this Senate, this is what it is. Quote, this is what she says. She sent a letter to both the Senate and Congress so they could, she could tell them what they're doing. Quote, this week, the, White, the House will introduce and vote on a war powers resolution to limit the president's military actions regarding Iran. It reasserts Congress' long-established oversight responsibilities by mandating that if no further congressional action is taken, the administration's military hostilities will regard, with regard to Iran will cease in 30 days. Okay, now I'm I'm going to point out two things here. One, the House seems to think it has far more power than it does. The House is only part of the legislative branch. That other part of the legislative branch needs to go through the Senate. And then if the Senate and the House agree, it still has to go to the executive, which is Trump, and he'd veto it. And then you still have to go through, if everyone is disagreeing, well, I'm, I'm sorry, if the ping pong pongs back and forth, forth the bill is dead. Um, <coughs> it just seems Congress really thinks it has way more power than it actually does. The other thing I want to point out is, you notice I'm reading a lot better? No glasses. Uh, apparently, I'm more farsighted than I was, so I can read all this stuff um, from a distance. Whereas with glasses, I was kind of doing this thing. Uh, so I'm not, I don't have to do that anymore. Uh, Trump being the smart aleck he is, on Sunday decided to post something. And this was the first time, this wasn't recently, this was the first time he actually bombed Soleimani and said that he was going to attack. So again, we don't go to Congress, we don't send letters or anything. We tweet. And this is what he tweeted, quote, These media posts will serve as notification to the United States Congress that should Iran strike any U.S. person or target, the United States will quickly and fully strike back, and perhaps in a disproportionate manner. Such legal notice is not required, but is given nonetheless. Yeah, I think um, Congress needs to take that to the Supreme Court and see if it's holding. And we have no idea if it is because all this crap has never been done before. Do you realize Nancy Pelosi <coughs> withholding impeachment articles of impeachment with two laws that actually don't exist on the books is threatening a president with actions if he actually does something that he's legally able to do and he tweets back saying, I just noticed you. He tweets on Twitter. Oh, my Lord. All he needs is an Instagram with him doing this thing. That's what he needs to do. And by the way, for those listening to the podcast, that was the bird. 
All right, so let's get, we're already 15 minutes in. I've already spent way more than I want to talking about this. Let's get the, <coughs> the other news, <coughs> which suddenly doesn't seem as important. So it should go a lot by a lot quicker. I think this is going to be bad Trump. I don't agree with this. And uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell you why. Trump has, Trump has decided to temporarily ban uh, certain flavors of for vape products, specifically fruity flavors, cotton candy, crap like that. Um, some it is believed, it is believed by the CDC and some other bureaucracies that the flavored the flavored oils are attracting children under 21 because you can't vape uh, under 21, and so they're actually going to buy these things. This is a response for a bunch of respiratory failures that have been happening uh, to about uh, between 100 and 200 uh, teenagers, um, leading to deaths of, um, uh, deaths of, I think, just a little bit over 20, 21, 24 people is what it's been. Uh, vaping is illegal, again, for anyone under 21, and a lot of these illnesses have been linked to black market oils and to CBD and THC products that seem to be very popular with the children, with the kids. So Trump basically went uh, was on a, at a party of some sort, and he had uh, these comments the day before the actual ban took place. The vaping is coming out. We're just going to be announcing it very shortly. Uh, some people already know about what we're doing. We have to protect our families. At the same time, it's a big industry. We want to protect the industry. And as you know, we'll be take, taking it off, the flavors, for a period of time, certain flavors. Uh, we're going to protect our families. We're going to protect our children. And we're going to protect the industry. Hopefully, if everything's safe, they're going to be going very quickly back onto the market. So the flavors will come off. They're going to be checked. We want to make it. People have died from this. They've died from vaping. We think we understand why. But we're doing a very exhaustive examination, and hopefully everything will be back on the market very, very shortly. Look, vaping can be good from the standpoint, you look at the e-cigarettes, you stop smoking. If you can stop smoking, that's a big advantage. So we think we're going to get it back onto the market very, very quickly. But we have to protect the children, we have to protect the families. Okay, um, here's the problem I have with this whole thing. I, I seriously don't agree with this. The vaping injuries and death, lung injuries and death, were not as a result of legal, regulated company produced oils. They were actually created by black market, black market CBD, black market THC, in other words, weed. I have a really hard problem with banning something completely when it affects, when it's illegal. It's already illegal. CPDs, black market Tobacco, black market oils, they're already illegal. They're not regulated. They're dangerous. 
Children sm under 21 are already illegal uh, pop vaping it, smoking the CBDs, or the, uh, and CBDs are, are cannabinoids, and THC is what makes you high with the drugs. Most of it's THC-based. Making something illegal that isn't legal for most of the public. The other thing is, there are tens of millions that actually vape. I've been vaping. I like vaping. I, I really do enjoy it. And I've never gotten sick. Matter of fact, I run, so I'm still running and vaping. And so I, it's not like cigarettes. I can't breathe if I smoke a cigarette. But this stuff is not legal. Here's the problem. If our kids are who are doing something illegal, and they're going to continue to do things illegal, if they can't get the vape stuff if they can't get the vape from the stores for however they get it, I mean, if you get vaping supplies, you're under 21, you're in big trouble. If you're getting it illegally in the first place, THC, CBDs, you're getting all that illegally in the first place. From the black market, what exactly are you protecting someone like me from who actually really enjoys the fruit flavored the fruit flavored vape i i do i like it i don't want the menthol i don't want the the tobacco flavored which by the way are going to be the only things that are legal after this bill is signed i just think it's a really bad idea i don't think it is actually going to curb the black market these kids want it they're going to get it not to mention, not me specifically, but people who vape and they like that flavored stuff and they get enough nicotine in the system. What's to stop them from going back to cigarettes? And if the kids can't get the black market stuff, what's to stop them from starting up cigarettes? Because here's a newsflash. Cigarettes, this is, by the way, this is exactly why I'm against the legalization of marijuana. I don't see the point of it. I really do not see the point of legalizing marijuana because it's introducing a new drug and marijuana is just a new drug and kids who want it are going to get it. Just like vaping, kids who want it are going to get it. Stop introducing more stuff. Stop regulating because if you regulate, you make the black market stronger and they want to hand out more and kids will buy it. I am not going to break the law. I'm 52 years old. I'm 51, but I'm going to be 52. I'm 51 years old. I'm not going to break the law. Kids will. You know why I know that? I was a kid. I broke the law. I got cigarettes when I was a kid. I got alcohol when I was a kid. I got weed when I was a kid. To sit back and think that you're going to stop kids from doing what they're doing? And we're not... By the way... I think it's I think it's like 200 kids actually ended up with the the lung injuries and I think it was less than 30 that actually died of it. You're going to prevent tens of millions from doing something they enjoy, doing something that is not healthy but better than smoking because a, a less than 1% might die. Or less than, no, I'm sorry, less than 1% got sick. It's less than a quarter percent actually died. I think it's stupid.
And I think this is a, a mistake Trump is. And this is the liberal coming out of him. So they're only about, we got to go into this. I'm going to go really fast on this because I really just don't care. And I, I got to get to the Ricky Gervais story. Um, this, uh, we got to talk about the uh, Democratic candidates. Okay, so we may have lost, we've definitely lost one. We may have lost two. Who cares? Both combined are traveling at about 1.5% of the polling. Who cares? Julian Castro suspended his campaign, citing uh, financial issues. He also says he, he has a problem, according to an interview he had with NPR, he has a problem with the DNC's rules when it comes to debates. Julian Castro has missed the last two debates because he did not qualify for them. Um, and you, you had to know he's got to scream that diversity and race and the whole thing, and he did. And I love when they do this because I love when Democrats call each other racist. I, I, I think that is fantastic. They eat their own. So he sat back and said the DNC rules do not promote diversity. And if you look on the stage now, you got a bunch of white people. Andrew Yang is not going to qualify for the next debate. Uh, and neither is Tulsi Gabbard, which means you're going to have a bunch of white people. You'll have a woman, Elizabeth Warren. I don't think Amy Klobuchar is going to qualify either. But... That's what it is. But here we go. Let's take a look. Another big news was the fourth quarter totals. Oh, darn. I just got lost here. Hold on. The fourth quarter to fundraising totals. This is something everyone's been waiting for. And we've got some surprises here. Um, number one is... Uh, no, well, number two is Bernie Sanders... With 34.5 million, and Bernie Sanders is rah, 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 because he's getting it from little guys, supposedly. We don't know where he's getting it from. You know, uh, Johnny Sixpack sending him five bucks. We'll see how that works. Pete Buttigieg, which was a real shocker, at number two with 20, or number three, with 24.7 million. Buttigieg knows how to fundraise. But he's smart. He doesn't sit there and 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 uh, go prejudice against people who've got money. He says, "Screw it, give me the money," and he's been taking it. Joe Biden, number three, with twenty-two point seven million, or number four with twenty-two point seven million, which is good. It's about average. It's a little less than normal. Biden is getting tired. Uh, people are getting tired of him. He keeps gaffing left and right. At number five is Elizabeth Warden with 21.2 million. She's screaming. She's only taking it from grassroots organizations, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe her as far as I could pick her up and throw her, which actually isn't correct because I could probably pick her up and throw her pretty far, but I, I don't buy her BS. <coughs> Andrew Yang at 16.5 million. I take it back. I think Andrew Yang might actually make it to the next debate. Uh, he looks like he's going to qualify. Uh, Amy Klobuchar comes in next with $11.4 I lied. She's probably going to qualify. I think the qualification is $10 million. Uh, So I think she's going to actually qualify. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six that are probably going to qualify. Everybody else... Probably not, and I think we're looking at the end of the road for a couple of these folks. Uh, Cory Booker at 6.6 .6 million, and Tulsi Gabbard carries the end 
at 3.4 million. Now, I, I didn't mention Marianne Williamson. I, I actually skipped her. She is at the end. She's just over a million dollars. But it doesn't really matter because she just fired her entire campaign staff. So she, like uh, Julian Castro, farewell. Um, but the big winner was Donald Trump at 46 point something million. I think he's 46.4 million. Now, the Democrats are trying to spin this. They're trying to say that, well, if you combine all the Democrats' earnings with uh, Donald Trump's earnings, it's well beyond 46 million. Yeah, no, that assumes a couple of things. That assumes that if Joe Biden doesn't get the nomination and Bernie Sanders does, that Joe Biden, that uh, all of Joe Biden's supporters are going to go to Bernie Sanders. Everyone thinks Bernie Sanders is insane. Same with Amy Klobuchar. Same with Andrew Yang. Same with Pete Buttigieg. I mean, he's trying to make himself into a moderate. He's not. He's a leftist. But he's trying to make himself into a moderate. I think once these guys begin to separate, they're going to see their polls really shrink. Right now, the left is excited because this is a primary. No one really cares about the primary. But I, I think it's going to work like it was with Clinton and Sanders back in 2016, where when Clinton won the primary and then things started going out about Clinton, um, Bernie supporters didn't vote for her. And we haven't even talked that Obama doesn't want to support uh, doesn't want to support um, Sanders. Obama thinks Sanders is actually dangerous and he will he will actually campaign against him. See, here's the thing with Obama. Obama does like this country. I don't know if he loves it. I think he, he sees we've got lots of problems, but you can't really tell. The other thing, the other thing we don't know about is the donations themselves. One of the things the Democrats are saying is that the uh, that the that Trump is getting his money from billionaires and stuff like that. Um, there's actually no evidence of that. As a matter of fact, there's evidence he's getting a ton from Johnny Sixpack, who's giving five ten dollars here and there, and Trump is really pushing that in his campaign by sitting back, hey, just text, give me a buck. So. This is going to get kind of interesting here. Um, I got a feeling here's what's going to happen. Marianne Williams is gone. I think she's done. Uh, I think Tulsi Gabbard, who's really doing a pure grassroots campaign, is might stay in, though I don't think she has enough. And she's never going to see another debate stage again. Cory Booker is trying to run a mainstream campaign. But he can't, and that is killing him. Um, he has to run a grassroots, and he's trying to make himself into mainstream. Okay, things keep... I, I, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go over 30 minutes, but not by much. Um, things keep getting weirder in the Jeffrey Epstein thing. Now, you may have noticed I don't talk a lot about Jeffrey Epstein. It's because I think a lot of it has to do with conspiracy theory that I happen to believe. 
Um, I can't show you a lot of this evidence, but this evidence seems to be very thick. For those who don't know, uh, and I'm sure everyone knows, Jeffrey Epstein is the convicted pedophile who seems to have a, uh, a job, and we're not sure how he made his billions, but he seems to have this job of uh, trafficking young girls for elitists, old elitists. Prince Andrew got caught in this. Bill Clinton got caught in this. And there's a ton of other people that he knows of that may have gotten caught in this. Caught, but we don't know who. So new evidence, new pictures have come out that really, I think now it's time to sit there and give my opinion on this. So, and by the way, this is the guy with the plane. This is the guy with the island called Pedophile Island. It's it just a really sick. So let's talk about some of the weird things that happened. I'm going to be reading... I'm going to reading, be reading some of this stuff. So um, he was arrested. He was thrown in prison. No, thrown in jail in New York. I believe it was New York. Maybe it was Florida. I, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, he was supposed to be checked every 30 minutes. Um, but both guards fell asleep while they were on duty. Didn't check on him for two to three hours. And when they did, they found him hung. Hung. And he apparently, and they apparently falsified records. And now uh, those two guards, not one, two guards, both fell asleep at the same time. Never checked this guy for three hours. Falsified records. And now they're under indictment in whichever state they're in. The ligature marks on uh, Jeffrey Epstein's neck. Now, he was in a cell with a bunk bed. He apparently had a noose made out of sheets, orange sheets, like that one up there. And so I'm going to show you that. He had ligature marks that went across his throat. It broke the bones on both sides of the neck and fractured his Adam's apple. Here's the problem. When you hang yourself, typically it is done across here and very rarely do you no very rarely do you break one of the bones on this neck and it's typically done at the first drop it's unheard of to break the whole thing here so that is extremely suspicious extremely suspicious according to one uh, according to one uh uh, according to one, um, don't tell me, uh, M.E. named Michael Baden, he said, when it comes across like this, that looks like a forced strangulation. It looks like someone actually went behind him and pulled him back. It gets weirder. Epstein was facing life in jail and willing to cooperate with police. That put a lot of important names on the ledger at this point. So, there were a lot of people that wanted him dead. Prince Andrew is already in trouble. Prince Andrew, the Duke in England. Bill Clinton has been denying reports that he ever had anything to do with him. Meanwhile, there was 27 flights with him 
in uh, Epstein's jet, and he even stayed in that uh, pedophile island that people are talking about. So he had some. I'm not saying either of them killed him. I'm saying he had some powerful enemies. At the time, I don't even think Bill Clinton was that powerful, but he had some powerful enemies. Uh, the cameras in the jail were not working. There were three cameras. None of them were working. Then one proved to work. Then they said that the video was inconclusive. Then they said the video went missing. Then they said they found the video. And now they're saying the video was inconclusive. In a jail with, in a jail? Your video cameras, not one, not two, but three video cameras don't work. Okay. I've got some if, i got some questions about that. Um, the suicide, the jail claimed that he left a suicide note. It wasn't a suicide note. It turned out the note was listing the grievances he had with the jails, how he was being treated unfairly. Doesn't sound like a suicide note. Sounds like, well, if I'm going to have to be here, at least make me comfortable. Interesting. There are two, there were two separate nooses found. And if you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, you can actually see the autopsy photos. They released two of them. There was extreme trauma to the neck. Blood was drawn on both nooses. They did not find any traces of blood. Now, we can't say DNA. That's a different story. DNA, he could just sleep, pee his bed. He's going to have DNA on it. But they couldn't find any traces of blood. Very, very, very strange. Michael, Dr. Michael Baden, who I've mentioned, was an external, was an external ME hired by Epstein's family to help with the investigation. He said there were two things that were very strange about this. The, lig the ligature markings don't match the noose. And he actually showed the pictures. The ligature markings across the neck were very thin, very sharp. He had said, and it makes sense, wire. There was some sort of wire that was pulling that would make the cuts across the neck. He said, but if you look at the, li the ligature of the uh, nooses, they were thick. Don't forget, these were made out of bed sheets. So they were very thick. But the ligature marks were very narrow and were very sharp to, uh, to the point it actually cut the skin. So you'd be wondering, well, I mean, if it cut the skin, why isn't there any blood on the noose, on either noose? It's just the whole thing's really weird. But here's the other thing. The body and the evidence, according to this uh, Michael Baden, Dr. Michael Baden, was collected incorrectly. The body was actually removed before it was fully examined on, on the site. Uh, the room was left, the jail cell was left pretty much the way it is. You can look at it up here. I, I'll show you a couple of pictures. Again, www.dumbassetalkingpolitics.com if you want actually.com if you actually want to see the pictures. But it's really disturbing. The case keeps getting weirder, and I mean the circumstances, everything. A pedophile who trafficked in teens, who's 
girlfriend was actually grooming teenagers. And by the way, now the 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 woman who was grooming the teenagers apparently is under government protection. I'm telling you, it's getting really, really weird. And we haven't even gotten to the 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 um, uh, Harvey Weinstein thing, whose case started today, whose trial started today, and of course Harvey Weinstein is walking around with a uh, with a walker with the tennis balls and every he just looks like an absolute moron. Um, things are not going to go well for that piece of garbage. So I. I, we're going to have to, now I think we're going to have to actually start talking about uh, the Jeffrey Epstein case because I got a feeling there's going to be a lot left on it. Last story is not a story. It's a feel, well, it is a story. It's a feel-good story. So last night there was the Golden Globes and Eddie Gervais, which shocked the garbage out of me that they actually took him when they when they got rid of everybody else. Eddie Gervais actually was the master of uh, ceremonies. And, oh my God, he did everything that I wish every MC in the world would have done before this night. This was absolutely awesome. The monologue, the opening monologue was eight minutes long. You are listening to a grand total of one minute of it. And I suggest go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Go to YouTube. Look it up. This thing lit the room up. It lit the media on fire. Okay? So, hey, here's a, here's a little bit of it. And this was essentially what really came across at the end of his eight-minute monologue. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God. And so... It's already three hours long. Just a long pause in the middle of that. I basically believe he had the censors in complete like OS mode. <laughs> yeah, because basically what he said is, come up here, get your award, thank your family, thank your God. He's an atheist. He's not a right winger. And F off. And walk off the stage. That's what he said. It was all blacked out. Um if you are listening to the podcast, please watch the faces of the audience. They were petrified through the entire monologue. He actually dropped a Jeffrey Epstein uh, comment 
and then commented that, yeah, I know he's your friend and it hurts that he's gone and you had to take your own planes instead of his. And oh my Lord, it was just absolutely brutal. And it, But the thing is, he was right. He believes he does not honor the elite, the rich, the divas of film and TV. He doesn't care. That's why I was really shocked by the Golden Globes taking him as the MC. And I think they took him as the MC because they needed something to save the Golden Globes because no one watched it yesterday. And believe it or not, this was the first Golden Globes in a long time where the actors, you did have a couple of actors who were acting like idiots. One with a high school edge, half half a high school education talking about abortion and garbage like that. But for the most part, they walked up, took their award, thanked their agent, thanked their God, and walked off the stage. That's what they did last night. And it was probably the best-selling, the best, most-watched Golden Globes in a long time. Great. I, I think this is the thing. I think the culture wars... We're beginning to win them now because these people don't realize we like comedy. We like Gervais, Ricky Gervais. We like all these people on Netflix that everyone can't stand because they're not being social justice warriors. We like them. Let them be. It's just comedy. Okay, let me finish this off before we get to 46 minutes or else... Dave will throw a hissy fit because this is going to be back-to-back hours. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addicts, and YouTube. The, v- the video cast is on YouTube at the same address. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the notes at the bottom. Um, you can... Uh, Look at the show notes at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I defi- there is definitely show notes in there that is kind of gruesome. So just be wary of that when you look at it. If you've never seen an autopsy photo before, that might be something you want to think about. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Mm-hmm.